You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on Windy City Gridiron. And I am here with the one and only Jacob Infante, Windy City Gridiron's lead draft analyst, live coming at you right after round one. Jacob, how are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good, Uh, at least from a Bears perspective. I feel like there's still a lot of really good talent on the board that we'll get into uh, from an NFL fan perspective, I mean, it's the first round of the NFL draft. I mean, no matter what, it's always going to be fun to watch. So uh, I, I'm just glad that I was able to experience that. And I'm excited for the next two days. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm super excited. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> I am so glad that you, we weren't writing stories halfway through the draft. Because oh, yeah. starting at 10, like everything's going according to plan, if you will. Icky yeah. falls to six. Maybe that was a little surprising. But other than that, it was yeah. more or less chalk. And then all of a sudden, bang, Jets, they traded out. Garrett Wilson's off the board. Bang, Saints, they traded er, they traded up. Chris Olave's off the board. Jets didn't trade. That's on me. But so Wilson goes. Olave goes. Lions trade up. Jamison Wilson goes. A couple picks later, Jahan Dotson goes. Traylon Burks goes. I mean, the wide receivers started flying off the board. And then, all of a sudden, it, we were done. Yeah. Drake London had gotten picked by Atlanta. And there were six wide receivers tying the historical record. And... George Pickens, Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, whoever your favorite, not first six target, they've made it. Because unless maybe the Jets at 38 take a receiver, or the Texans could potentially take a receiver, though the Jets already added, you got to think somebody's fallen to the Bears at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, the board definitely looks good for the Bears to have someone, uh, the receiver position at 39. Uh, whether it is, you know, Pickens, uh Christian Watson even still available on the board. Uh, Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, you know, all four guys, uh, especially the three big dudes talking, uh, you know, Pickens, Watson, and Pierce, the the taller, you know, X-type receivers. Uh, I think those three will all be in play for the Bears at 39 or 48. You don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they move up. Maybe they move down. Maybe they stay put. I have no idea, and that's part of the fun of it all. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll admit, I was very much worried when I started seeing six receivers go off the board in the top 18. But then I saw, okay, so the Packers aren't getting anyone. The Chiefs aren't getting anyone, at least in round one. And, you know, that eased me a little bit. The Cowboys were, you know, a little bit of a of a dark horse. Patriots didn't take a receiver. Uh, so I, I, and I felt a little more comfortable with that and the Jaguars didn't either. They traded up for Devin Lloyd. So, you know, some of those wide receiver needy teams that were late first, uh, early second, either traded up or they just passed on a receiver entirely. So 
I, I'm encouraged by that alone. We'll see what how the rest of the board shakes up, and there are obviously uh, trades that can happen, but it's looking good for the Bears so far. Yep. And you mentioned a lot, particularly the Packers picks, and we'll talk about the North in a little bit. I don't want to gloss over that. But you mentioned something we have to talk about, right? There were nine trades. And I'm not even 100% certain because I saw that off Twitter that that includes the picks or the trades that we had in the middle of the draft for A.J. Brown and Hollywood Brown that we saw a lot of movement. And if you're hashtag team trade down and you've been dealing with people saying, well, it takes two to tango, I got to say, Jacob, right now, I mean, there was only one quarterback taken. If somehow Malik Willis is still on the board at 39, you got to wonder if there's going to be a market there. I mean, I want a wide receiver as badly as anybody, right? And when six wide receivers went off the board immediately, of course, I started getting myself ready for, oh, okay, okay, so Pickens is going to go somewhere in the 20 to 30 range. Sky Moore is probably going to probably end up with eight wide receivers drafted, a small run at the top of tomorrow with teams trading down, and the Bears honestly might need to take somebody like Alec Pierce at 39, just to come away with a receiver that fits what they need. and yeah. But that's not what happened. And so all that panic for nothing, thank goodness, suddenly yeah. the Bears are in position where if you think George Pickens, while I'll, I'll use my own opinion, right? While I think he's technically better from a technique perspective, even from a, uh, an athleticism perspective than Christian Watson or Alec Pierce. But you can acknowledge his red flags with potentially poor interviews and obviously some injury stuff that he's got to work through. Maybe it's the, the value play, if you will, to pass on one guy in favor of saying, Whoever falls to 48, or heck, Jacob, even you could trade back, end up somewhere around the 55-60 region, and just take whoever gets there, you could end up with more. I don't know. That's why you're the draft analyst. What would you do, given the board where it is? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of talent, and that's really good for the Bears. I I mean, and I say a lot of talent. It sounds kind of cliche, because I feel like we do say that every year. But every once in a while, I mean... You know, we saw a handful of guys go round one that necessarily weren't expected to go round one. That's going to shake up the board a little bit. Uh, that's going to provide for some opportunities for players that teams might have first round grades on to fall into round two. And that's going to be, uh, you know, I'm sure that the Bears do have someone, at least one person out of, you know, the several people who are still on the board who have a round one grade. So if they can come away with that, I think that would be dynamite. But generally, I do think that trading back might be the move. Uh depending on what happens with those first couple picks before the bears say, if no receivers get off the board, uh, I have no issues with trading back uh, backwards past 48 and having 48 be the first pick move into the fifties with 30 uh, with 39 and be able to secure may- probably a late third out of that. Honestly, I know. Uh, at, the, at the very least, you know, a fourth rounder and maybe a fifth or a future fourth or something like that. Right. You can get some serious value and there's a lot of talent. I'm sure we'll dig into. Uh, There's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball that that could really benefit the bears, both from a, you know, just a pure value perspective and from a schematic perspective too. So I like the board. I try and pick up as many picks as possible. I'd trade back, but we'll see what happens. Well, it's certainly been the hot topic in the last two weeks, I'd say, if not a little more, but Bears Twitter really picked up on it over the last little while, that Logan Hall makes a lot of sense for a defense that if there's one thing the Bears did, because, you know, they've, they've done a lot of nothing for better, 
I would say. But the one move that they really did try to make was landing a three technique in Larry Ogunjobi. Because that deal fell through, somebody like Logan Hall, I mean, I obviously had my eyes on, not the same position, but I had my eye on George Karlaftis as well, though he ended up not making it out of the round. So somebody like Logan Hall, Travis Jones is another name that I'd point out, would make a lot of sense if Matt Eberflus said, I want my one pick of this draft and I want it now. I could see yeah. it. But like you're saying, I mean, the Bears are almost, dare I say it, in a position to dare the NFL at large to take all of their guys at wide receiver. There are some solid names that could play that X receiver position. I know I just put out a uh, breakdown on Alec Pierce, so it likely looks like I'm higher on him than, say, uh, Pickens or Watson. But I really would say, to me at least, Jacob, any of those three fit the bill. The best part about where the Bears sit is that I don't really see George Pickens as a dramatically better pick than either of the other two because I'm pretty high on all three of them. So like you're saying, whether it's waiting for waiting till 48 or really trying to play poker and waiting until later than that, I'm enthralled with the Bears situation right now. They did not get some lucky uh, posi- or lucky item like Tyler Linderbaum falling to them, and certainly Bernard Raymond's still on the board. So I will ask you about what you think of him later. But yeah. right now, I can't help but feel like the Bears are in a good spot to add somebody at wide receiver that they need to make their offense really go. Because whether it's Pickens, whether it's Watson, whether it's Pierce, they should at least have a shot at one of them. Maybe they trade back and blow it because they all get picked between 39 and 48. (laughs) Obviously, we hope not, right? But especially with Sky Moore on the board as just an extra wide receiver, the idea that four wide receivers would go before 48 is just unrealistic. Yeah, no, and I think that's definitely possible. Uh, Well, not not definitely possible in that four receivers could go in between 39 and 48, rather. But I think it's definitely possible the Bears will find themselves in a spot where Maybe they could wait until 48 to get one of those guys. So, and time will tell. And I like that you mentioned some of the defensive linemen because that's a position that I think there's really good value at. I think Logan Hall is a big name that stands out to me, uh, especially as a fit in an Eberflu system. I mean, there are mm-hmm. comparisons. Uh, I don't think it's a perfect comp, but I do see shades of DeForest Buckner and Logan Hall uh, just from a length perspective, from an athletic profile. Right. A, a size. They don't yeah. play the same, but. No. To a some de- to some degree, an outside linebacker in a three four is going to be about two hundred fifty pounds. You, yeah. Nobody is Khalil Mack, right? But you can take yeah. a look at a body type and say a three hundred pounder isn't playing a two hundred fifty pound position. Both yeah. those guys were at two eighty two ninety. Like you're saying, not the same. But just wanted to back you up there. Yeah, no, they're a yeah. three tech. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, Travis Jones you mentioned is a good one. Perry on Winfrey out of Oklahoma, I think, mm-hmm. is a really good fit. For, as a three tech in terms of explosiveness, uh, you know, not as lengthy as Logan Hall, but still an explosive guy who can penetrate the backfield. I'm warming up to maybe going edge. I was hoping you'd say this because <laughs> there's a lot of really good talent at that position. I can't even lie. Uh, I mean, you're looking at David Ojabo's the guy that stands out to me the most. Uh, just because if he if he didn't get hurt, if he didn't tear his Achilles, he'd definitely be a first-round pick. And I tweeted out literally just a couple minutes before we went live here that if the Bears did get a good enough offer on Robert Quinn, say a late third or you know even an early fourth with another late day three 
pick thrown in there somehow, uh, then trade for that, trade that, get David Ojabo in round two, or say a Boye Mafe out of Minnesota is another guy that I think would be a really good fit. Uh, you know, both from a schematic standpoint and a pure value standpoint. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti is someone I'm maybe not as high on as um, as the consensus, but I definitely see the appeal with the long arms and the burst. Uh, Drake Jackson out of USC, Nick Benito out of Oklahoma. Uh, those are just some of the guys off the top of my head that I think could be very good values in round two. So obviously it's not the biggest need. You know, you could argue wide receiver, offensive line, corner, uh, maybe even something like interior defensive line, linebacker safety. You know, that's all arguable. Those are bigger needs than edge. But from a pure value perspective, there's really good value there to the point where I'm kind of like, okay, but what if? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? You yeah. you mentioned it's not a need, Jacob. <laughs> if you assume what I think is super fair, and that's that Robert Quinn, a over the third or like certainly over 30, I think he's 33 at this point, edge rusher, yeah. isn't in the Bears' future plans. It's a huge need. I mean, we're talking about Travis Gibson. And I guess you could throw in Al-Qadeen Muhammad, but he's more of a, uh, what, an edge defense, like a run defender that yeah. plays edge than he is a pass rusher. So if you take Quinn off the roster, the Bears don't have a true-to-form starter. They have yeah. somebody we're, we're really happy with. I love Travis Gibson. He's a phenomenal rotational pass rusher, but maybe maybe not a starting edge now that we've sent off Khalil Mack and might send off Robert Quinn. But the Bears have put themselves in the perfect spot. Because I'll, I'll ask you this, Jacob. Was there any point to trading for Quinn when you thought to yourself, well, why would I trade for, for Robert Quinn? I could pick up Jermaine Johnson somewhere in the first round. I mean, those first round edge rushers are what you're looking for to make a difference on your team and they're gone now the yeah. first run's over and within the first what 15 16 picks of round two i have a feeling we're going to see even more edge defenders pop off so like you're saying ebiketti or drake jackson or um you know boye mafe is out there as well as uh ojibo like you were talking about if the Bears do get a sense that somebody's sniffing around for Robert Quinn, which, like you're saying, it would need to be a day two trade, I think it makes sense. You're not finding, let's put it this way, <laughs> you can find the occasional Darnell Mooney of some kind at wide receiver, and certainly yeah. you can find value at defensive back, but nobody finds a starting caliber edge rusher past the second round. Yeah, it's insanely rare. So, you know, for that perspective alone, uh, a lot of the top guys do go in round one and for good reason. Uh, so, you know, that is something to keep in mind. Again, all this, you know, the hypothetical edge talk, it does depend heavily on whether they trade Robert Quinn. Cause I mean, sure. Robert Quinn's probably not going to be on the roster for, you know, more than another year or two at most, but at the same time, if they have him, they have Travis Gibson, Al-Kadeem Muhammad, you could convince yourself, okay, maybe you can use pre premier, uh, draft capital at another another position. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but it, all, all that said, it, it's a lot a lot of hypothetical. I'm really interested in seeing what the Bears do with uh, Robert Quinn because I think there's yes. a lot of really good edge talent and they wanted to move on. I think they'd be in good enough shape to do so if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a matter of finding when his value apexes to be a huge nerd about it. 
it yeah. can't, could you have traded him a couple weeks ago? Probably. But now that teams are losing options on how to build their edge rusher department, I think yeah. that suddenly the Bears holding on to a, a nice change of pace edge rusher like Robert Quinn that certainly in just about any defense can run around the edge and get you a couple sacks, that that matters. That becomes the Von Miller trade, or at least that's what you're hoping it would become. But I'll ask this because we haven't we've gone this entire podcast. We haven't mentioned corner yet. And I know I have felt wild and crazy because I'm not I don't really think that corner is a huge need for the Bears, which isn't to say that they don't need more at corner. Eventually, it's more that I have position after position after position prioritized above it. Thomas Graham, to me, seems like a decent starter. Trevon Young's not the worst nickel in the world, but I guess I wanted to ask you when there's a lot of corner talent that's still on the board, would you consider them at the right price? Or realistically, do you think that they're just going to be bigger needs, in your opinion, than getting a cornerback? Yeah, you know, so I I tend to disagree a little bit. Like, I, I want, totally understand where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I just tend to say, okay, Thomas Graham, he showed plenty of promise. I do want a little bit of competition in there, though, just because he has such a small sample size. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, so I, there are three guys I'd really consider in round two, uh, and then it kind of drops off. So that's Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson, who probably would have gone first round if he hadn't in, gotten injured. I want to say it's a back injury. I don't have it off the top of my head right now. But that, uh, and you're talking Kyler Gordon out of Washington, I think would be a good scheme fit. And then Roger McCreary out of Auburn's a really interesting one because he's got short arms, you know, a less than ideal wingspan, and a lot of people who value measurements, you know, probably both within the league and in draft communities, what have you, have knocked Roger McCreary just because he has really tiny arms. But his tape is as good as almost any corner in this class. So any of those three guys, in my opinion, you know, varying roles, whether you have them, uh, you know, I have Booth and Gordon on the outside, pretty flexible, whether they play right. uh, boundary or field side. And then McCreary, I think, could play outside, but with his, you know, shorter arms, he might be a better fit in the nickel. Either way, I think those three are good value picks in round two. Uh, I think especially Booth at 39, you could take a shot on that because even with the medicals, I'm sure the Bears have done their homework and they have access to all this, you know, high-end medical information with these guys. So if the medicals check out, I think Booth would be a great long-term fit and a you know, good play for the future rather than, okay, he might miss a little bit of time in training camp or even the preseason. I don't know what his diagnosis is right now, but you're still looking at someone who can contribute at a very high level down the line. Right. Gordon and- – yeah. To your point, I don't want to make it sound like I I think that the Bears have corners solved. It's more oh, like no. in the world of 2022 season, there's an element of working with what you got. And yeah. I couldn't help but think maybe maybe another year. But like you're saying, yeah. corner is a position that needs time to grow. And so I have the info on Booth, by the way. Looks like he strained his quad uh, while training for the NFL Combine. So then he skipped the Combine. But then on Mar- or in March, like around March 20th, somebody, yeah. I think it's Dane Brugler, reported that he had a double hernia surgery. So I don't know if he – did he miss time during the season two? Because it looks like he had a stinger and a left hamstring there in there. But nothing, nothing about a back, which is great because back injuries are obviously problematic. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, those back injuries are killer. I'm trying to remember if he missed time. Uh, I don't think so. That's good. <laughs> I, I, I'm to remember, from what I recall, if he didn't, if he missed any games at all, it was only like one or two. He played most of the season and he played well. So mm-hmm. I think that was just an off-season injury. I could be totally wrong on that, uh, but that's just that's just from what I remember. He played most of, if not the whole season. Yeah, makes sense. All right, I got two more questions for you. For, yeah. Well, actually three. I just thought of another one. First what? question: Which team in the NFC North? Because obviously, while the Bears didn't have a pick, the Lions, the Packers, and the Vikings all had one or more picks. Which team do you think got the most, or got better, or got the best out of yeah. the three? Got better the most, I guess. And what other things did you see in the North that might worry you or excite you? Yeah, so the Lions Hall was especially intriguing to me because they had two big needs. They needed an edge rusher. They needed a receiver. And I mean, you can make the argument they needed a quarterback as well. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how this, you know, front office is with Goff and whether they want to replace him super early or not. I don't know. But in the grand scheme of things, they came away with Aiden Hutchinson, who's my top overall player in this draft, and Jamison Williams, who probably would have been my wide receiver one if he didn't get hurt. And yes, I think it's a big risk to trade up from to 12 from like what what was it like 32 i think it was to move up 20 spots uh for a wide receiver who's coming off of a torn acl i think that's a big risk but if he hits he's a really good athlete a really good route runner i think he brings immediate wide receiver one value for the lions him and amonra st brown i think is a really good tandem for golf in the short run and then whoever's going to replace him going forward and then hutchinson i think it speaks for himself you know he was a, a lot of people's top prospect. He's a monster. And as for Green Bay, I'm a little interested in their process because, I mean, they've shown they went with two defensive players, which I guess they really like Sammy Watkins. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Either that or they just don't like the value at wide receiver in this class. I mean, you have Watkins, uh, Alan Lazard, you're looking at. Amani Rogers, Randall Cobb, and that's like it, unless I'm missing someone, which I don't think I am. That's a very thin group at wide receiver. I, I thought Christian Watson was a slam dunk pick for Green Bay. I thought the scheme was perfect fit. And I mean, sure, he's a bit raw and you know drop issues, but I saw him as a turbocharged Marquez Valdez Scantling, someone who can be in that higher volume role, but still stretch the field and be that speed deep threat that green Bay likes that, that whole offensive system likes to have Uh Quay Walker's a freak athlete. Devonte Wyatt is a freak athlete as well. I, I thought the Wyatt pick was a bit better. I thought Walker yeah. was a little bit of a reach just because when you have Devin Lloyd on the board, when you have Nicobe Dean on the board, I thought those were better selections. Uh, but I get the appeal, just a lengthy athletic guy. You're betting on tools over pro readiness with him. And then Wyatt's just a, you know, a very good three tech with pass rushing ability and explosiveness and mobility. Uh, again, I know it's fun to point at the Packers and say, haha, you didn't take a receiver, which I mean, I don't know what they're going to do at that position. That's really going to be interesting to me. I think that could hold them back in the long run, but as far as long-term picks, I thought they were decent. 
I mean, I can't say that they were terrible selections just because they weren't wide receivers. I thought that right. value-wise, Wyatt was a good pick, and the Walker was a reach for me. I see the appeal. It's just a matter of, okay, you have Aaron Rodgers. He just re-signed a massive extension with you guys, and you have him for a while. He's ne- still playing at a very high level, but he's nearing the end of his career. Don't you want to maximize that? Right. And, I mean – I guess any talent to the team does help maximize it. I'll tell you that from my own draft work, I don't trust my own eyes when it comes to scouting linebackers. It's a position I clearly want to get a lot better at because every time I watched them, Quay Walker included, I saw somebody that I thought would get smoked by Austin Eckler. And it always, always frustrated me because collegiate linebackers (laughs) are so focused on stopping the run. Nothing wrong with that. And NFL linebackers have to play the pass a lot more. And a lot of them don't really get as much work there because in many cases it seems like they bulk up and stuff the run that's yeah. a, that's a complete tangent uh but Devonte wyatt rules <laughs> i mean he's somebody i am not excited to watch two times a year yeah, especially no. jacob he, he's gonna get to be next to kenny clark and whoever else the packers have like whichever smith and cuts both smiths right or like they at least kept one of them Oh, uh, they um, kept Preston, but they cut that's it there. That's what I thought. So they, they've they got, like, Rashad Gary, Preston Smith, now Devontae Wyatt, and Kenny Clark. That's a nasty, nasty defensive line that is not going to help Justin Fields' development at all. But like you're saying, if anything, I you got to hope that Aaron Rodgers had signed off on this because yeah. the optics of we just traded – one of the best receivers in football, if not the best receiver in football, and reloaded with well, we haven't reloaded yet. We're we're getting there. Yeah. Is weird. The Lions yeah. Hall rules. Uh, their trade up, if any, was really weird in that. Uh, actually, statistically, they won the trade. Or yeah. if you were to use a Jimmy Johnson like chart, it's the rare trade up dub. So yeah. it almost makes you wonder whether the Vikings had wanted somebody else, but then decided we just need to trade back and took a discount. So interesting to see what happens there. Obviously the Vikings took, is it seen? I uh, think it's seen. I, I should know this by now. I've, I've been saying seen this entire time. If yep, it's seen. Okay. Seen. So I haven't been totally botching his pronunciation for months. He's, He's He's a super good player. I'm not surprised. Harrison Smith has been there for forever, and eventually you do need to you do need to move on. So I can I'm sure that that's part of where they're going. Though I could probably take another a better look at him in the Vikings situation. Point being, I also am most worried about the Lions. If anything, the Bears right now, Jacob, might be the worst roster. Which is surprising. It's been a long time since I feel like we've said that about Detroit. Uh, Does that mean that? They won't Detroit things and find a way to mess it up with somebody yeah. getting hurt. Who's to say? In fact, if anything, they they probably will. Or at least that's what it always feels like to us Bears fans, right? Yeah. But as things stand right now, I'm I'm very interested to see what Poles does because they made proclamations about taking the North. And if anything, Jacob, it looks like that might have been like a we'll take it, you know, after a really bad year, obviously. Yeah. But <laughs> that like Yeah, it'd be like, okay. We'll, we'll take it eventually. I mean, come on. <laughs> we, we are going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I admittedly forgot to touch on the Vikings. So yeah, I think Seam was a solid pick at 32. I thought there was a decent chance he could go round one. I think, you know, Daxon Hill and Lewis Seam going back to back was uh, interesting. And the Vikings, a lot of their work now is going to be done on day two. They have 
34, 66, and 77. So th- that's what they have to work with tomorrow, uh, or at least tomorrow at the time that we're recording this on Friday. Right. Uh, so I'm really interested in seeing what they do. Obviously, it's a new regime there, very analytics-based, so I'm not surprised that they traded down, uh, even though I do feel like they could have gotten a little bit more for it. Uh, but I- I'm intrigued to see what they can do because they have some talent on that roster. If they're able to pr- bring in a handful of rookie contributors, then I could see them pushing for a playoff spot. But you know that that's down the stretch. We'll have to see what they do with those picks first because – as sexy as it is to have a lot of draft capital, you can very easily screw it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anything, just take a look at the Raiders over the last however many years. I am really interested about what they're going to do at 34. They obviously didn't do this at 32, but they have a, they have two picks, uh, and Tom Brady's team is coming up. So unless yeah. Tom Brady's team picks Malik Willis or picks Desmond Ritter, the, the Vikings might. Like, I'm very curious to see if a new regime would take a look at Kellen Mond and say, I don't really care about Kellen Mond. But we have, if memory serves, because I'm going entirely off the top of my head, we have a quarterback on a one-year extension. And it's fully guaranteed, but it's still a one-year deal. So they aren't committed to Kirk Cousins. And with the youth they have at receiver, they don't need to be. I am really curious as to whether a project like Willis or a refined but maybe lower ceiling player like Ritter would make sense to them. But yeah. now we got to get to your my second question. Was there a player that you were hoping would fall out of round one that didn't? Yeah, so there are a handful. I think that uh, Tyler Linderbaum, the Iowa center, stands out as the big one. I mean, that was – a long shot to begin with, but as there were rumblings of, oh, he might fall out of round one, I uh, might go very early round two. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance. But, you know, I think the, the Ravens, uh, in their draft day maneuvering, uh, being able to take him at 25, I mean, I saw that as a potential. I, I would have done it at 14, uh, which is where they ended up taking Kyle Hamilton, you know, which – Yeesh, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think that the Ravens had a big need at center. They filled it with the best center in this class. They filled it with someone who I think has Pro Bowl potential. Uh, so I was admittedly hoping that he would somehow fall, but obviously that wasn't the case. Cole Strange going at 29 was interesting to me because he's someone that I've been aggressive on from a Bears perspective for a long time. And I saw him as a slam dunk in round three. I was getting to the point over the last week or so. I'm like, okay, you know, if they took him at 48, I wouldn't be mad. I'd be yep. perfectly okay with that. And then the Patriots just went and snagged him at 29, which I didn't see coming at all because <laughs> I went, I was looking at a NFL mock draft database. It was something like 3% of all the mock drafts and all the big boards or, you know, however many thousands of mock drafts you go through there. Uh, only 3% had Cole Strange as a first-round pick. So definitely, you know, basically no one saw it coming. No. Uh, and I was a little disappointed, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, for him to go to 29, like that's uh, – okay, there's nothing you can really do about that. So yep, Linder, Linderbaum's the big guy, but, you know, Strange going 29 was surprising to me. I was hoping for him later, but it is what it is. Well, Strange was going to be my third question on which pick surprised you the most. Yeah. I gotta say, <laughs> when it comes to him specifically, I think 
he Cole Strange going at 29 is a nice reminder of something that now that we're entering the second, and this is definitely going to happen in the third, fourth, and fifth round, Jacob. Yeah. Bears fans need to remember that just because the mock draft simulator coached you that you can get Alec Pierce at 71 doesn't yeah. mean you can actually get Alec Pierce on real people's draft boards. Cole Strange, exactly. if you ask me, Jacob, was only a pick at number 71 at this stage. Like, I know this is how I felt after watching his tape. It, yeah. it was only somebody I would take there because the computer let me do it. And it let me yeah. do it a lot because somebody yeah. <laughs> else had him ranked there. And yeah. But in the real world, like you're saying, I mean, in, in the world where you don't know what 31 other teams are going to do or who they're going to take from you, I much preferred Strange to Parham. And Parham's yeah. a perfectly decent guard. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, what is it? Godeki? Also in an, like yeah. a very solid guard, but maybe not Cole Strange tier, who just yeah. fits so well that – it, at the end of the day, I'm almost not surprised. I know that might sound a little strange to see somebody yeah. take such a step, but it's one of those where you say, well, if I hadn't had something coaching me that that's where I could get him, I wouldn't yeah. have thought it was such an overdraft. And his tape rules. I'm super excited for him, the guy, because you got to think that by being a first rounder at all, not only does he get a four-year guaranteed deal with an injury-protected fifth-year option, but yeah. also now he's a first-round pick, which is in air quotes, but it's real, uh, and that yeah. carries with you in every contract negotiation going forward. If he plays yeah. at a decent level, his second contract money is going to be even further life-changing. It's huge for Cole Strange, the person. It's a bummer for Bears fans that, like, like you're saying have been like i want cole strange and i yeah. want him at 71 but yeah we'll have to take what we can get yeah and i think that's awesome for chattanooga the program too because you know your yes. fcf program you just say hey uh we just sent out a first round offensive lineman you know how many of our rivals can be able to say that you know that's going to be huge for them recruiting wise but yeah no i'm really happy for cole strange i he's he's worked really hard to get to where he is he's you know he's worked really hard. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, happy for him. A uh, little bit of a bummer. I guess it's bittersweet is the best way to put it for Bears fans. Right. I can't help but feel, so the guy I know I'm feeling that way about was Tyler Smith, who draft simulators yeah. told me that I could get at 90 uh, in early <laughs> February. And I I can't feel bad when somebody didn't even make it near the Bears selections, yeah. right? Yeah, no, in that case, yeah. It, it's one of those where you're like, if anything, Jacob, on a personal note, I'm glad that we like guys so that apparently the NFL likes too, right? Yeah. Where we're not sitting here pounding the table for somebody that, you know, doesn't get taken until the sixth round or something like that, for better or yeah. <laughs> But yeah, super curious to see the strange pick. Now I, I'm not quite as sure what the Bears are going to do at interior offensive line. Strange is a name that a lot of the big guys were talking about. But like you said, they've got a lot of options. Any closing thoughts before you and I get some sleep, before our big <laughs> draft stream tomorrow that everybody listening should go li or go check out? Yeah, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> check that out. Uh, but yeah, so I think the offensive line situation is a bit interesting to me because outside of Bernard Raymond – who has his own issues and being newer to the position. Would but you take him in at 39 prospect. if he falls? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, which it's weird because I have him ranked 37th. So you'd figure from a, a board perspective, he'd be very good value. But like the more I'm thinking about it, like he's an older guy, he's newer to the position. How long is it going to take him to adjust? And when is he going to be at his peak? And 
I, I don't have his exact age up in front of me, but I know that he's, I think he's 25. 25. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he turns 25 as a rookie. Like you yes. said, he's a 25-year-old talent for all the right reasons, if that makes sense. He's not a 24-year-old yeah. that just didn't shine until he was two years older than all of his peers. He had never played the position for two years, but he's definitely somebody that I know I want to ask you about because I'm sitting there too. Like, well, on one hand, I want a good player. And on yeah. another hand, he's really old. And there, there are different red flags. It's the second yeah. round. Everybody has red flags. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's uh, it's a different position, so it, you can't. It's not a perfect comparison by any means, but kind of like a Margus Hunt situation, you know, like nine or ten years back, whenever that was. Uh, they're just this freak athlete with insane size, insane speed, who's, you know, older. You know, he's super lengthy, super athletic, plays hard, but he's raw. And he's older. And we saw how Marcus Hunt, he, he's still in the league. We know which kudos to him. But he hasn't really lived up to the second-round hype. Are we going to see that on Bernard Raymond? I don't know. I feel like, you know, it's apples and oranges because it's the same. It's different positions, not the same thing. But I don't know. I, I'd pass at 39. If he's there at 48, i definitely consider it heavily uh, just because with that upside, I think he'd be a good scheme fit, that's for sure. But – I'm looking receiver at 39, you know, if they don't move back. Uh, receiver's the big one I'm looking at. There are a few three techs that really interest me. A uh, couple corners, maybe edge rusher. Who knows? There's a lot of talent, a lot of different options for the Bears, so I'm really excited for that. It should be a lot of fun. And in case you heard what I said earlier but said to yourself, wait a minute, what draft stream? Me, Jacob, and Jeff Burkus are going to be hosting a day two live draft stream over at my channel, Run Pass Opinion on YouTube. And if you're even near Windy City Gridiron, you will get the link. So just take a look at the site. Uh, and what we're going to be able to do, I'm so excited, Jacob. You and I are not only going to be able to talk about every pick that happens, but when the Bears eventually make their pick, we'll get to record our, our post-draft podcast and we'll get to take a little bit of a look at the tape of some of these players immediately so that we can start showing fans what they should expect of these players. Obviously, it'll yeah. be a light overview. I would love to do a super in-depth one, but we don't know who the Bears are going to pick. So <laughs> you can only get prepared for so much. Exactly. <laughs> Either way, I can't wait. should be a great time. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for it for sure. I think that you know, doing the live stream is it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that you all tune in. Uh, Bears fans or just NFL draft fans in general, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to tune in. Uh, I know I'm excited for it, and I know you are too, so it should be a blast. Yep. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, honestly, that's it. That's all I got. Uh, all I'm <laughs> exhausted. I, I had to get up at 7 in the morning uh, to film my last Lunch Pail Draftcast episode uh, before the draft. So I'm uh, I'm running on adrenaline here. So Perfect. <laughs> in that case, yeah. I'm going to let you go to bed. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Wild day one. It's funny because in, in a sense, most of it was kind of chalk, but also with nine trades, the wide receiver trades that we had uh, happen and the way that the order in which everything played out, I feel like it was excitement on excitement, pick after pick. Can't wait for day two. Finally, the Bears get into the action. Bears fans, we will see you there. Bear down and thanks so much for bearing with me.